Smarties, you may be surprised by the topic of today's episodes. We don't often delve into what is happening in the physical space of our learners in their homes. But today, because it is such a pain point for the majority of the families that we work with, the families of teenagers that we work with, we dig into it. We talk about the whys, hows, and whats of the messy room dilemma for our families. We also have a lovely conversation about the Berenstein Bears, which was fun for us because it's a nostalgia factor. If you are interested in working with our practices, please go ahead and sign up for a phone call with My Ed Therapist on their website, www.myedtherapist.com. Steph's practice is located in Manhattan Beach, California, Redondo Beach, California, and everywhere. Or you can sign up with my practice, CAP Educational Therapy Group, on our website, www.capedtherapy.com. K is in kite, A is in apple, P is in Peter, P is in Paul. And in my practice, we are located in Beverly Hills, California, and virtually everywhere. We specialize in learners with ADHD and executive functioning skills challenges, and Steph's practice does all the things. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 238 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Fitz. And I'm Rachel Cap. triggered by today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay. Okay. I just want everybody to know where I'm coming from. Okay. How I'm coming into this. Coming in triggered. Coming in triggered. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair- My mom would laugh at this episode. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about messy rooms. Let's be clear. You wanted to talk about messy rooms because like I said, I'm triggered. Okay. I wanted to talk (laughs) about messy rooms. So the first thing that made me think about was the childhood book, The Bernstein Bears in the Messy Room. We both loved those books. Loved those books. I feel like I loved that one and the junk food one the most. Okay. And I used to just stare at the pictures. When we were writing this episode, I told you the whole story of Five Minutes Peace because that's another childhood favorite that now we read to Elliot Yeah, where the pictures are also wonderful. Yeah. Even as an adult, I'm like, these pictures are so great. They really are. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I really wanted to talk about The Messy Room is because it comes up a lot. It comes up a lot with parents who are feeling frustrated and anxious for a couple of reasons. I think one being that they can't stand the messy room themselves, that they can't stand that when they tell their child to clean their messy room, that it looks the same after they've quote unquote cleaned it. (laughs) So I think it's a trigger for a lot of people, right? So that's why I wanted to break it down a little bit and talk about what the messy room is really about. (laughs) Can you tell she's triggered, you guys? (laughs) This is going to be a me talking episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why do you want your child to keep their room clean? Is it for you or is it for them? That's what I just want you to sit back and think about for a second. Is it for you or is it for them? My mother would just shut my door. How lovely for you. That was not the case in my house. (laughs) Yeah. Occasionally, though, she would show people what it looked like if she was really frustrated. What does that mean? Like she would open the door if people came over and and she had asked me to clean it and I hadn't. Try to embarrass you? When I was older, not when I was little. 
I kept it pretty clean when I was little. It was when I was like a teenager and she would say, clean your room. And I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) So fair. Okay. Let's just talk about this for a second. A lot of kids have messy rooms. Now, when you tell them to clean their room, here's the thing. That is very, very vague. Yeah. It's a broad instruction. And the more vague you are, as we talk about this in many different situations in life, the more they get bogged down with decisions. So then it's kind of like when they focus on the one thing that doesn't matter instead. So they might reorganize some sort of shelf or make something look pretty or draw or do something that is not what you expect their messy room to look like post cleaning session. (laughs) So here's the thing. If you're really doing it for you and you need this for a specific reason, okay, fine. But if you are lying to yourself and saying they need it, they don't. But they do need to be able to find things. So there's going to be a fine line, right? So here's the thing. When you're telling them you want it to be clean, you want to break down the instructions into really small things. For instance, put books on a bookshelf. Put dirty clothes that are on the floor in the hamper. Put pens and pencils in the holder on the desk. Things like this and not giving them a list that has 25 things on them because they're not going to make their way through it. So having realistic expectations about this is very important going into it. And if you have a visual learner, using those visual aids is really important. So take pics of what it looks like when things are in their place so that the child can replicate it. So they know what they're supposed to be doing and they don't have to make decisions and then get bogged down and then do nothing. So a lot of times, kids, I have them complaining about how my mom is telling me to clean my room and I did clean it and she says it's not clean. So talking about what that really means to the whole family, I think is a really important step before you really get into battle about this. And think about it. Is this worth the argument? Maybe in your house it is but not every house is worth it. You said that it's not something necessary for the learner. In some situations, right? Like they need to be able to find things and function, right? Right. But in some situations, some of them will always function in a messy world, right? If they leave things on their bed, okay. Or if they don't make their bed, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's the definition that I really meant. I meant more of like, No, you can't have food everywhere. And then there are ants and bugs and things like that. Like that's not okay. It's so that's why I'm saying, look at the definition, look at what it really means. Their version of clean and your version of clean are probably different. And there's some non-negotiables. It's a hard no to have ants in the room. It's a hard no to have things that are unsafe and unhealthy and things like that. But, you know, having clean surfaces, I don't think is necessarily realistic. For a lot of kids. It certainly still isn't for me. That's just why I have my pockets. Look, we've had to negotiate this as a couple, right? And I'm not, Steph, would you say I'm a disaster? No. No, I'm not. It's just I have a couple areas where I like to have a pile. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If I could relate it to my current experience parenting, I spent a lot of time thinking about how I want 
Elliot to enjoy all the different types of cuisine and food in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And I am very clear that we as the adults, as the parents, decide when he eats and decide what he eats, Mm -hmm. but he decides how much. Yeah. Because what he puts in his body is one of the few things that he has control over. I can't force him to eat. Mm -mm. Which is an interesting dynamic with grandparents who did force us to eat. It's a totally different philosophy of feeding now. In the same way, exhibiting control over a small space in the house is a control Mm -hmm. for a teenager. Because that's really who we're talking about. 100%. That's who we're talking about. And so understanding what level of control you are okay with them having. Mm -hmm is really, really critical. If it is impacting their ability to function, that is different from it being unsightly. Unsightly versus unsafe or unhealthy are two very different things. Right. Not telling parents to let it go. No. But we're telling you to be thoughtful about why it is important, what is important about it, what part can you let go, what part can you not let go. What needs to be done? What are the must-dos? What are the would-be-nices, as we always say? Mm -hmm. And then getting specific. You cannot have a goal, as we talk about in our Smart Goals episode, which is way back in the archives, and we'll go ahead and link it in this episode, but you cannot have an instruction or a goal that is not specific for the learners that we all work with. For sure. We're talking about that. Absolutely. But I just want to say the messy room for, let's just talk about adults for a second and like workplace. Mm -hmm. I've had bosses that would want completely clean surfaces at the end of the night. And some people were able to do it and some people aren't able to do it. And so Mm -hmm. also, if you're a parent, think about what you needed as a kid or what your spouse or the other parent of your child needed and navigate it that way. And if you are an adult that is struggling, just pick one thing. For a lot of people doing the Marie Kondo of like pulling everything out and what sparks you joy is very overwhelming. And so Mm -hmm. just pick one thing. So that being said, Rach, Mm -hmm. do you feel as triggered or do you feel a little validated that you are intentional with Elliot going forward? No, I know that I'm intentional with Elliot going forward, but this is childhood stuff, this conversation. This isn't of course present day Rachel. This is past Rachel. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. It comes up on this podcast for sure. For both of us. Absolutely. Well, that being said, okay, check out the Berenstein Bears. We'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> Look at the pictures. It's cute. All right. Have a great week. Have a great week.